Hello, welcome to another episode of Carpooling with Adam. This is Adam, and here's what I plan to talk about today in the in the carpool value. What is value? First, let me define value the way I would define it, and for the purposes of what I say today. Um, I make a big distinction between value and valuation. Valuation is a hot thing right now in the business and technology world, and and people uh, there seem a lot of to be a lot of efforts surrounding valuation. Um, but I would differentiate, and ha- what value means for me, and what I drive towards is that I'm providing something worthwhile that people are willing to pay for it. It's so worthwhile or has enough value that people will pay for it. And that would be what they would pay for it would be profitable for me, meaning it covers my costs of doing whatever business I'm in. And I also make some money from it, profit on top. So based on that definition, because the other, the other definition, I get people play that game and whatever. Um, I'm not interested in that game. It's not for me and it's not a game I personally want to win at for you know, a variety of reasons that maybe I've hinted on and maybe I'll talk about more in depth on another other time. But I want to provide something that people are willing to pay for, whether it's a product or good or service and that I can be profitable doing so in my business. Now, the real hard question, because I work in the software industry, is I think we're still trying to figure out where the value in software is, right? And the distraction of valuation of companies is not helping us get there. So what do I mean? Let's talk about some examples. Let's just ask the question, where's the value in software? Well, the original value that I discovered in software was that it sped certain processes up or automated them or made them more efficient or less error prone, right? So that was the value there. Um, Sometimes it saves a lot of manual effort and people find value that way. But what about, I see people get stuck though, first of all, in not understanding what value they're providing, because I think we've clouded that, like I said, but also they get confused on, so let's say I use the software and I ask for a feature to be added that makes my work or my job easier, but in turn shifts the burden to someone else. Have I really created or added value in that case? I would argue that I haven't. So just shifting work or complexity or um, a burden to someone else doesn't in and of itself create value. It's just shifted the problem somewhere else, right? There's a lot of things out there, I think, that shift the burden somewhere else, and that doesn't really help. 
unless by doing so, shifting it somewhere else, that somewhere else is someone or something that handles it better than I would and more efficiently and more effectively, well then, then I think I would accept a case that that's creating value. But merely just shifting the burden does not. Um, and I do see that a lot of, well, we don't like having that problem, so if you do this feature, then we can send that burden to someone else for them to take care of and, and they'll have to go through the same hassle. Well, okay, but that, that doesn't really help, right? So shifting the burden doesn't help. Does just automating things in and of itself create value? Um, I would say probably not in every case. Um, I used to work somewhere where they automated a lot of processes and they didn't like it because what it meant was now instead of the manual process to do these things that was error prone and had you know shortfalls and and problems it just shifted what they were doing to dealing with the manual breakdowns in the process to now we have technical breakdowns in monitoring right so they I said, oh, well, that's cool that we've got this stuff automated. And they said, no, because now it's just created a different set of hassles. Well, if that different set of hassles were much less or much less stressful or more quickly resolved, then cool. Then you still have value, even though you've created a different set of problems. The problems you've now created are less severe and you're better off as on the whole. But that was not the case. Um, so I know there's probably a lot of folks whose immediate response, and I've got it nagging in my head too, of, well, then you did it wrong. I, I agree. If you automate something and make it worse, yeah, you, something something's a little off, slightly ajar there. That needs to be addressed, right? Well, that's a hard thing to do. You know what it's especially hard to do for is especially hard, yeah, whatever. It's really hard for people who don't understand or don't, who are trying to figure out how to create software products but don't understand where software adds value. Uh, I think a lot of people would be amazed how often we have people trying to define software products for development teams to build and they don't really understand software well enough to be doing that. They don't understand the problems or uh, technical or otherwise that the customers are trying that are looking for resolution to and yet they're prescribing solutions and it's it's crazy. And that's where I say that's the biggest sign to me that we haven't quite figured out as a whole or maybe even in general or most companies where the value in software is. A lot of places just think you have to have software just to have it. I think the data science and data analytics thing right now is kind of falling into that trap a lot. There are a lot of cool things. My background's working with data and data can be very powerful and enable a lot of things, better processes, better decisions. Um, it can be a great tool, but if you have it just to have it, you're probably not applying it well enough to get the value out of it. Um, and you're just kind of jumping on the bandwagon because, well, every big company or every Fortune 100 company has uh, an analytics department or an, and 
dev team and whatnot, and eh, okay, but I see a lot of those companies who have that still aren't solving problems any better, not delivering value, and that's going to be short-lived. At some point, somebody's going to go, geez, we're sinking a lot of money in here, not seeing the value out of it, and it's out. Same thing as I talked about Agile, same thing's happening there. Could be a great tool, has a lot of promise and possibility, but in incapable hands, it's just another expenditure, and the plug will be pulled on it at some point. So, where is, I, I go back to my question, where is the value in software? And you really have to ask those hard questions. Are we actually providing something of value? Um, there's a lot of talk in the marketing world about branding and how powerful that is, right? And I agree, it's an imp a powerful and important thing. But does the brand itself provide value to a customer? Sorry, more leftover Coke from my lunch today. And I'm talking slower, and I don't have the AC vents pointed right at my face. Duh. See if that helps with my hacking problem. <laughs> so, oh, what was I? What was I talking about? Sorry. Oh, okay. So, um, let's see. Value and customers adding value for customers. Uh, shoot, be right back. Oh, got it. That only took a few seconds to remember. So branding, in and of itself, adds value to the company itself. Not as much value, disproportionate amount of value to the customers, right? So I build a software product. I'm a very well-known brand. Just because I'm a very well-known brand, does my product deliver value? No, not necessarily. There's no guarantee there. Um, and I've seen this play out a lot. Oh, we're, you know, we've got to represent our brand. And well, okay, but what does that even mean to our customers? That's who you really should be asking. Because I don't see how this helps them. So they should buy it and pay more for it just because it's from us? Eh. Not a very good strategy and may work in the short term but is not going to be sustainable in the long term. Or even in the mid medium term for that matter depending on how volatile of an industry you're in or market. So uh, what's some of the other value confusions I hear all the time? Uh, I don't know. You see all kinds of companies that get valued high, but that doesn't mean they deliver value to customers. That's just an investor term. And surprisingly, I hope this isn't a shock to anyone, but investor valuation and customer valuation are not always the same thing. And at some point, your customers have to be the one who value what you're offering, right? At some point, that's going to have to happen. That rubber is going to have to meet that road. And 
that's the crazy thing about the game a lot of companies play right now is they don't care about that it's just can I get the valuation to sell exit do a public offering and then I'm gone and uh, boy that that uses up a lot of money and resources playing that game but I get it I've talked about it before it's a big payoff and I get why people play it but that's just the lottery mindset in my opinion and that's not the game I'm interested in playing because the odds are not in anyone's favor in that game oh what's some of the other value things I've heard that just kind of fall flat on their face uh, just automation alone no oh I see a lot of software products that are wrapped up in uh, how do I describe it in kind of tracking let's the real general terms tracking everything right and maybe uh, oh here's a better better more specific one I saw some I was involved recently with one where um, <coughs> excuse me it wasn't necessarily uh, the 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 feature edition itself was spawning a new workflow and process for customers this one gets tricky depending on what industry or market you're serving right um, and I thought I thought it was funny because we, we were trying to automate something and then build a workflow around it and to me that was kind of nonsense and quite uh, quite conflicting to hear wait a minute we want to automate things but also build a workflow around it so that somebody can manually review and check on it well okay I get having a window into the automated process so it can occasionally be modified or ver or monitored excuse me or verified or checked up on that's great but inventing a workflow so that somebody now can run reports and do a lot of manual interaction and review of what's happening in the automated fashion uh, why, why would you do that then you haven't added any value right are you just automating for the sake of being able to say you are because it sounds like that's something that software technology should do I don't know that one that one still baffles me I've seen that multiple times um, I've seen uh, software that is intended to audit or monitor or review other software uh, doesn't that seem off to you too we're creating software to, to keep tabs on other software uh, I'm not talking like I've seen some really cool like hardware and networking monitoring stuff well that makes sense You've got hardware that you're trying to keep an eye on tabs on then you've got to have a software layer to do that but software to monitor software uh, shouldn't the original software be doing that on its own um, I like um, I talked about data whole business intelligence 
movement. I was uh, in sort of the, well, it depends on how you define that movement, but at the time I was jumping in and writing reports and stuff, I thought, this is really strange that I'm building a report that dumps data out for someone who finds that data useful, but then I'm essentially creating a work log for them to go and do manual things in the system. I thought that was kind of weird. I thought it would be really cool to get to the point where instead of running a report that someone manually has to go and take action on, how about you build a system or software or some kind of technology that gets that data that you would see in a report and then takes the actions that a user would, right? And these weren't judgment calls that these users were making. They were taking action based on a very defined logical decision tree or set of criteria. And once you have that, it's not a subjective thing that requires some form of human evaluation that, that technology has yet to replicate. This was, well, if it's this dollar amount and it's this, then this person needs to review this and they're looking for this and then they'll do this. That's, that's all logic that can be written into the system and just done and those transactions executed against the system automatically without a user going through the hundred or more in a list every day. I don't think things have gotten there entirely as I thought they would. I thought that capability would have really taken off and uh, the need for somebody to run reports and dashboards constantly to take action. I, I thought that would go away, but we are not, not there yet. Um, so it's, but I think we're getting there, right? There's all kinds of business intelligence and data visualization tools and stuff like that out there. But that's just a, another way of somebody looking at the data and taking some action that is going to be, they're going to value, be evaluating based on certain criteria. If, if most of the world still needs dashboards and graphs and stuff in front of them to know what to do, oh, okay. But I think if you really dug into it, you would know what decision, the basis that person uses to make those decisions and take those actions and you could write something to do that. If not, if it's too subjective, um, there's an even bigger gap there. And I'm, I would have a lot of other questions about that system and its purpose and value to begin with from there. Uh, let's see, is there any other, other examples I can think of I can't think of any others, but I love uh, love learning about the value creation and this kind of stuff. And there are a few companies out there that do this really well. And they're successful at it. Here's the sucky part though. If companies were all so identical that everyone could just replicate what, what, what one company does and it was this nice, cookie cutter model 
then everybody would be doing it. And so that's why I get why more companies aren't because every company has to figure that out for themselves. And uh, most businesses just aren't capable of that. They've got other focuses and they worry about other things that are less value-centric. Um, and I think, oh, I just mentioned something else that's, you know, that I've thought about often is this old phrase that the customer is always right, right? And you do whatever the customer asks. Well, that's a false statement to begin with. So uh, operating your business on a false premise is, is dangerous. But you get in the way of your own realization of what your value creation is if you just have that mentality. That's what your customers are paying you to take all of this input and this perspective and this knowledge and understanding and help them with it. And if you just take whatever they say and push that into your product, you're going to be diminishing your own value. If they knew how to create their own value for themselves, they would do it. They're paying you to figure that out. And if you take the approach of, we're just going to implement whatever they ask for, you're missing out on the opportunity to really wow them. I, I would probably venture that it's with it's in 50 to 70% of all the company mission statements out there, some jazz about exceeding customer expectations or going above and beyond or you know other happy crappy nonsense that everyone struggles to translate into actual day-to-day -day business actions. <coughs> you can't do that if whatever they whine about, you implement that. And I, I say that that way because in my mind, you create kind of a spoiled child scenario when you do that, right? You just implement whatever they ask for. So what are they going to do? They're going to get in the habit of asking you for whatever they want. And you're not going to be able to see the forest from the trees and see where you can really add value and really help them out and really provide them solutions that they're thrilled about if all you ever do is implement whatever thing they ask for. That just shows you don't have any direction or strategy or don't have a good handle on that. You're, you're like a, a restaurant just taking the order and putting it on a plate and giving back to them exactly what they ask for. That works in the restaurant business because that's all you expect, right? You just go and you expect food. You don't expect your life or circumstances to be somehow transformed in some way. But we do that in business. We expect that from business and then we treat it like it's just a, a fast food order system. It just doesn't, just doesn't work. Unless you're a food vendor, uh, your business transactions and interactions are a lot more complicated than that. So uh, you need you need to be a lot smarter and think bigger about it than your customers do in order to really provide value for them. So. Get people in place that can ask those questions. Force you to ask those questions if you can't figure out them out yourself. Uh, and your business and your customers will be better for it.
This has been Carpooling with Adam. It's nice talking to you yet again. Hope you have a good day, weekend or holiday or whatever you're going to have these next few days. Talk to you again soon.